Welcome to this week's episode of the Divine Lantern. Under the blessing of His Eminence, Metropolitan Basilios, the Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese presents a podcast to educate, empower and enrich. I'm your host Myrna from the Dormition of the Theotokos Antiochian Orthodox Church in New South Wales. In this week's episode, we'll be joined by Reverend Father Philip Saba from St. Nicholas Antiochian Orthodox Church in New South Wales, who will be providing a sermon from the Gospel of Matthew, as read on the Sunday of the Last Judgment. This will be followed by short readings from our Philokalic Nourishment series, as well as a selected chanting track. We will then conclude today's episode with an interview with a member of our Archdiocese. This Sunday's reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. The Lord said, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep at his right hand, but the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, O blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it to me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. This Sunday is known as the Sunday of Judgment in the Orthodox Church. The Gospel reading opens with the awe-inspiring words, When the Son of Man comes in his glory as Christ proclaims not only in parable, but also in prophecy, the events of his second coming, 
the last days, where all mankind, each and every one of us, will be gathered before the throne of God to receive judgment. To his right, he places the righteous sheep, welcoming them to inherit the kingdom of heaven, while to his left, he chastens the unjust goats, condemning them to eternal punishment. A very powerful passage indeed. But why does the church prescribe this specific gospel reading at this specific time of the ecclesiastical calendar? And according to Christ, what is the criteria? What must we do in our lives, especially during this period, in order to be judged worthy to inherit his kingdom? Brothers and sisters, we are just one week away from the official commencement of Great Lent, that spiritually beneficial journey to Pascha which helps and encourages us to reorient ourselves back to our Heavenly Father, to wake up, snap out of the earthly-driven lives we have been living, and work on our true purpose in life, our communion with God. For the past two weeks, the Church has been teaching us how to prepare for this journey through the examples of the humble publican and the repentant prodigal son. This week, the Church motivates us even more on this voyage by reminding us of the great reality of our impending judgment. Throughout the year, she, the Church, is constantly telling us, Repent, God is loving. Repent, God is compassionate. Repent, God is forgiving and ever awaiting your return. But this week, she pours an icy cold bucket of water over us, exclaiming, Repent, for God is judge. Christ will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Return to him now before it is too late. What greater wake-up call can she give us before Lent than this? And not only does this gospel passage wake us up to this reality, but it even supplies us with answers to the question, how do we inherit the kingdom of heaven? What is this essential criteria? What are the keys to the kingdom? Christ says that the greatest two commandments are, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But how do we express this love to God and neighbour? Christ provides the answer in this Gospel reading. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. A stranger and you welcomed me. Naked and you clothed me. Sick and you visited me. In prison and you came to me. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Love must be expressed through good works. For when we do good to our neighbour, who is created in the image of God, we inadvertently do good to God. St. James says in his epistle, Faith without works is dead. And for this reason the goats in this gospel reading receive the ultimate punishment, an eternity without the presence and love of God. So yes, this period in the church is about practicing humility, repenting for our sins, fasting and vigorous prayer. 
but the icing on the Lenten cake is showing love and mercy to our less fortunate and suffering neighbour. If we were to ask our grandparents and older generations about fasting, they would explain to us that in their days it was about eating simple foods. In their times meat and dairy products were expensive commodities. By eating simple foods, lentils and beans, etc., fasting helped them empathise and feel with the poor and the less fortunate. It also allowed them and motivated them to use the money they had saved during this period for almsgiving and assisting their poor neighbours. Unfortunately, this beautiful concept related to fasting has lost its meaning in our days, where vegan alternatives are much more expensive than meat and dairy products, and so we end up spending more money during fasting periods, forgetting the simple life, forgetting our less fortunate neighbour. So how can we do this in the ever-changing world that we live in today? How can we feed the hungry, clothe the naked, or even welcome a stranger in a day and age where welcoming strangers into our homes is such a scary and foreign concept? We are very blessed in our archdiocese to have a professional establishment like SRM, St. Raphael's Mission, which works all year round doing such a thing, feeding the homeless on Monday nights and supporting the elderly and disadvantaged in our community. This is all thanks to the hard work of His Eminence Metropolitan Basilios, the SRM board, countless sponsors, donators and volunteers who not only provide the money and resources but also personally prepare, pack and distribute food, clothing and hampers throughout the year. And the good news is, St. Raphael's mission is always welcoming new volunteers to assist in their activities, providing a great avenue for safe and active Christian almsgiving. But is this the only way we can show love and do good to our neighbour? Is going to the streets the only way to give alms to the least of God's brethren? Certainly not, brothers and sisters. Sometimes, this least or less fortunate neighbour is standing right in front of us in the form of a brother, an auntie, a friend, a colleague, struggling to make ends meet, struggling to pay bills or feed or clothe their children, laying sick in bed with no one to look after them. And so we must not close our eyes to the struggles of those around us. Furthermore, we must open our eyes and hearts to those around us who are struggling not just physically but also spiritually. There are people around us who are hungry and thirst for the truth, for purpose, for Christ and his gospel in their lives. Feeding the hungry can be saying, come to church with me, to someone who is currently lost or in a dark place. Welcoming a stranger can be approaching someone new at church, making them feel welcome and inviting them to join you and your friends for fellowship. Clothing the naked could be buying a Bible, spiritual book, chanting CD or icon for someone and encouraging them to use it. The possibilities, brothers and sisters, 
are endless. During this journey through Lent, let us heed the words of this gospel. If we want to truly work on our relationship and communion with God, if we wish to inherit the eternal kingdom, let us combine our faith, fasting and prayer with works and acts of kindness, servitude and love in the name of Christ, that we may all be blessed to hear the words, Come, O blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Amen. Thank you, Father Philip, for that powerful lesson. And now, a reading from the Philokalia. Take a weekly spiritual dose and reflect on the words of our holy Neptic Fathers with this week's Philokalic nourishment. No one can love God consciously in his heart unless he has first feared him with all his heart. Through the action of fear, the soul is purified and as it were, made malleable and so it becomes awakened to the action of love. Saint Diodokos of Fortiki Fire cannot last long in water, nor can a shameful thought in a heart that loves God. For every man who loves God suffers gladly, and voluntary suffering is by nature the enemy of sensual pleasure. St. Mark the Ascetic If a person is expecting to be summoned tomorrow by the king, will he have any concern other than to consider what he will say in order to please the king? A soul that takes careful note of this will not be found unprepared when it comes before the future judgment seat. Elias the Presbyter This coming Sunday, we commemorate the second and impartial coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. When the judge of all sits to judge the earth, come now, may you judge me worthy of your voice. It is the Sunday of the Last Judgment, known as Meat Fair Sunday, the lesson of which occurs in today's Holy Gospel. Jesus illustrates to us God's ineffable goodness and his great love for mankind. And so if some who are lazy should loiter and spend the time appropriate to their salvation in the pursuit of sin and be suddenly overtaken by death, the Divine Father's decree that on this day the remembrance of the second appearance of Christ may be celebrated. The intention is to remind them that, as God is good and loving to mankind, he is also a very righteous judge who recompenses each according to his deeds. Our Lord teaches us that when we minister to our brother and sister, we really minister to him. This brings us righteousness and life eternal. By your ineffable love for mankind, O Christ our God, make us worthy of your devoted voice. Number us among your righteous ones and have mercy on us. Amen.
And now, an interview with a member of our Archdiocese. In this week's episode of the Divine Lantern, we're joined by a member of the community who's going to give us some insight into diet and Lent from a different perspective. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So tell us a bit about yourself. So my name is Laura Atala, and I'm a member of the Saints Peter and Paul Antiochian Orthodox Church in Duneside. I'm also a board member of the newly established Antiochian Welfare Association for New South Wales, or AWA for short. My educational background is in nutrition and dietetics, and I graduated as a dietitian from the University of Sydney in 2017. Since then, I've worked full-time for New South Wales Health in the area of health promotion, helping to prevent health issues that could be caused by long-term poor dietary choices, limited physical activity, and excessive screen time. So Laura, tell us, how do we achieve a balanced diet in today's society? So nowadays, we're out with the food pyramid and we're in with more of a a plate kind of image. So we call it the Australian Guide to Healthy Eating. And that is based on the Australian Dietary Guidelines. And those guidelines recommend that our diet should mostly consist of everyday foods. These everyday foods are from five food groups. And for those who haven't heard of those five food groups, they are fruits, vegetables, cereals and grains. So things like bread, rice, pasta, dairy products and lean meats and alternatives. And each of these food groups are important because they provide us with a whole range of nutrients that keep our bodies nice and healthy. In a spiritual sense, our bodies are a temple of God. 
and we should care for it both physically and spiritually. It's often hard in this day and age to concentrate on that spiritual side with all that's pushed in our faces, whether it's technology or, you know, in this case, food. There's a ton of alternatives, more so now than ever. What are your thoughts on these and how do we decipher between what we can eat and what we should eat? Absolutely. And I think a good way to start this is actually to try to understand a little bit about the concept of how fasting came about. So the commandment of fasting was first given by God to Adam and Eve in paradise when he ordered them not to eat from the tree of knowledge. In Genesis chapter 2 verses 15 to 17 it reads, Then the Lord God took the man he formed and put him in the garden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded Adam saying, You may eat food from every tree in the garden, but from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you may not eat. For in whatever day you eat from it, you shall die by death. We see here that when Adam and Eve disobeyed this commandment of fasting, they fell from God's glory. Our Lord and Saviour himself fasted for 40 days on the mountain and was tempted by Satan, yet conquered him. Later, the church, holy fathers and the holy synods set rules for fasting in regard to when and how many days it should last. In the lives of the apostles, they used to pray and fast before setting out in their missionary work and before making any big decisions in the life of the church. So as you can see, this concept of fasting is deeply grounded in our Antiochian Orthodox faith. But we should always remind ourselves of the reason we fast during Lent. Why do we fast from animal-based foods? Do we use that as an opportunity to indulge in new and interesting flavours or visit new restaurants? Not really. Fasting is about the simplicity of eating, self-control and discipline. Fasting from foods is a spiritual preparation for an experience of deeper communion with God. Fasting is only one component of Lent and should be accompanied by prayer and penitence too. So when we fast, it's not only important to watch what we choose to eat, but also how much we eat. So we are constantly reminded of God and our dependence on him. We shouldn't be leaving the dinner table with a food coma. Fasting doesn't give us a free pass to indulge in great amounts of food just because it's got the vegan tick of approval. We have to be mindful of our lifestyle behaviours and not just the ingredient list on the back of food packages. An aspect of fasting is to practice self-control and in other words, portion control when we talk about food. In John chapter 6 verse 27... Jesus emphasises that he alone can give us food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you. Indeed. Do you have any practical tips for us when it comes to keeping a balanced diet and mindful eating? Yeah. So there is actually this real huge importance of having this balanced diet and eating mindfully. So for good health, we eat nutritious food. We don't eat individual nutrients. So this means we should be focusing on a variety of wholesome foods to keep our bodies sustained and provide us with the energy we need to survive and conduct our daily activities. So here are some mindfulness tips to eating well. Number one, pray before you eat. If you have the Orthodox prayer book, turn to pages 30 to 31. Or you could simply say the Our Father prayer and make the sign of the cross. Next, eat without distraction. Turn off any TVs in the background, keep your phones in another room, eat at a dinner table, chew your food well and don't rush. Set your plate before eating 
and this way you can control your portion sizes. Give yourself 20 minutes before helping yourself to another serving if you choose to do so. It does take about 20 minutes for your brain to realise that you're actually satisfied. Eat with others if you can. Catching up with your family members over dinner is helpful for everybody. And this also allows you to eat more slowly if you chat between mouthfuls. It's also important to end your meal with a short prayer of thanksgiving. And if you've got the Orthodox prayer book, turn to page 31. Or simply make the sign of the cross. 100% perfectly said, Laura. And thank you so much for joining us on the Divine Lantern. Thank you. And I pray that you have a blessed Lenten period. A big thank you to all our listeners as we conclude this week's episode of The Divine Lantern. Be sure to subscribe and share our channel on your favourite podcast provider. For more information on our Archdiocese, follow us on our social platforms by searching Antiochian Orthodox Archdiocese Australia. We hope you guys tune in next week.